Hello and welcome to the WooCast Season 2, Episode 51. I am your host, Juliet, and Mackie is taking a little break this season. So you got me as your main girl, and I am just so excited that we are in a Season 2 and just beyond proud of myself and Mackie for the commitment that it took to for almost a year now dedicating our time every single week sometimes multiple times a week to making this podcast happen and it just felt so right when we started it it came out of pure passion and energy and that kind of drive that is undeniable which is how I knew I needed to do this And it has brought forth so much positivity in my life and so many new connections and friendships have come through this. And I am just so grateful to all the listeners and uh, just took a little bit of a break, about a, I think it's been a little over a month where uh, I didn't put any new episodes out. So welcome back everyone to the WooCast. This is season two. And I thought about kind of theming the season. And one of the things that came up was maybe I should theme it all about healing and transformation. But I mean, that is the theme of a lot of these episodes. And I don't really want to pigeonhole myself into having to fit into a box because that's sort of my philosophy of life in general as of late is I am not boxing myself in. I am really more fluid with my life. And I was just saying to a friend right before I started this recording that I'm really letting the wind kind of blow me around and take me to where I need to go. And every time I have a lot of resistance and I try to control things, it just feels really shitty. And uh, these first few episodes that I am going to release are a lot about healing and transformation from some uh, beautiful souls that I have connected with through this podcast. They are um, a couple of them were listeners that uh, I reached out to and wanted to hear their personal stories. And so that is today. But I just wanted to catch you guys up a little bit on where I'm at. I was going to say where we're at, but Mackie's not here. But one of the things that I want to share with you guys is this last year of my life since starting the WooCast has been the most transformative experience that I've ever had. And it's really hard to even put into words. But what I realized is that I died and I had a rebirth. And, you know, obviously from a more spiritual perspective, I did not actually have a near-death experience and die, although sounds pretty fucking awesome. And I have an obsession with watching a lot of YouTubes of people who have near-death experiences because uh, it's just so fascinating. But this part of me, this identity that I had, this way of relating to myself a really long time, that person, she's not there anymore. And the way that I think and the way that I act and just my whole being, my whole vibration just feels completely different. And that doesn't mean that I am, you know, in this amazing place in my life and I finally arrived. There's no arrival. It's just recognizing that, holy shit, I am not that person anymore. And I'm actually getting oriented now with this new version of myself. And I remember 
when we went to Sedona uh, back in October of uh, 2020, I met with this healer and she shared something with me. She said, you are going to be irrecognizable to yourself after this next journey you're about to embark on. And this was, I think this was even, this is right after I quit my job and I went there and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And I was like, I'm going to see this shaman. I'm going to go to this healer. I'm going to try to get some clarity on my purpose and what I'm doing with myself. Cause I really didn't have much idea. I knew that I was going back into the coaching world and helping other people with holistic health and transformation. But beyond that, I really didn't know what I was doing and who I was at that point. And I was just in the place of beginning to shed the skin of someone who spent a lot of their time in a position of safety and comfort and for very good reason. And I was pushing myself out of that skin, trying to shed that layer so that I could go into this next place in my life. And when she said that to me, it was a little scary having someone say, you're going to be irrecognizable because our identity seems so fixed. And it's such a powerful thing to hold on to this person that we think we are, right? Who we relate to, like, I am Juliet and these are my personality characteristics. But what I have realized so much is that those things are really maneuverable. Those things are super fluid. You do not have to continue being the same person or have the same personality. And it's really a weird thing because how do you go about changing that when it's something that you've been doing and being for so long? And that's a lot of the healing journey is just looking at ourselves and what kind of sucks in our life? What would we want more of? And one thing for me, is I want more, I really wanted more confidence always in my whole life and having to look at like, what does that even mean? More confidence. And I kind of would always relate it to charisma. And I was so envious of people that had this light that emanated from them and this charisma and this ability to have people come over to them and like they were drawing someone in like they were a magnet. And I felt so envious of people like that most of my life because I felt insecure and unsure of myself. And although I would have people on the outside reflecting back to me that they saw me as this really powerful person and I did know that I was powerful, but part of my power and how I showed up and being really strong and, you know, I, I ended up you know, lifting a lot of weights and building big muscles and being able to run really fast and owning the gyms and uh, and all of that. A lot of that was a compensation to make myself feel powerful, but it didn't mean that I, that that was really a deep knowing and coming from a heart-centered place. It was more coming from a egoic and safety place of wanting to be perceived in a way that would give me more acceptance and would allow me to have more doors opening for myself, which is what I thought. And we're not really taught, you know, this isn't really cultivated a lot 
in our in our society in school or you're lucky if you have parents that really instill this idea that you're allowed to follow your curiosity and be whoever wants to come forth we end up really being chameleons in life and sort of figuring out all right where do i fit in right like i'm at i'm in the lunchroom at school and like which table am i going to sit at am i going to sit over there with the popular kids am i going to sit over there with the goth kids? Am I going to sit by myself, you know, because I don't feel like I fit in anywhere, right? It's all totally normal stuff, but it really like leaks into our lives later if we don't have an understanding or someone to shepherd us and mentor us through some of those big feelings when we're young. And so I guess I really, you know, you guys kind of know my story. I had a lot of loss in my life when I was younger, losing my dad at 16. And prior to that, my mom uh, was mentally ill and was not really in the picture uh, past age of 10. And so I did feel like I had to figure it out on my own. And I'm damn proud of myself for how I did that and how I got through that. And I can reflect back and just, I have so much appreciation for everything that I went through. And you can only really have that after, you know, after the fact and when you're reflecting on stuff because you know and when you're in a totally different place it's hard when you're there you never think the pain's going to go away but i'm just so proud of myself for everything that i went through in my life and now being 33 i'm stepping in t- into an even different space of in my life where i have less expectation going back to more of that childlike wonder and curiosity and that's been work just so you guys know that's definitely not just coming to me naturally I have had to do a lot of deep deep inner work lately and I am blessed to have people in my life and have met a lot of people in this podcasting world that uh, I can share stuff with and talk about this and not feel alone because we are not alone like so many of us are having these experiences of awakenings, whatever that means for you, whether you're awakening to the fact that you don't want to do your job anymore, or you're awakening to the fact that, you know, you have these routines in your life that maybe they don't serve you anymore, uh, or you're awakening to the fact that some spiritual aspect of yourself or some deep knowing that there's something greater out there that you want to tap into is coming forth, but you don't really know where you want to go with that. I mean, that was my whole last couple of years, all of that, questioning all of these things and just peeling back layer by layer and going into my heart of what it is that I truly want. And sometimes I did not like the answer. And a lot of the answers that I received that I didn't like were answers like, don't do anything. (laughs) Don't try anymore. Just stop doing what you were doing. Forget about everything that you were and that will allow you to become everything you're going to be. I'm like, what? (laughs) That is not the guidance I want, right? I want a formula. I want you to tell me that my purpose is that I'm going to become some uh, transformational coach who's traveling the world in speaking engagements, right? Or I'm going to, you know, end up creating another company and it's going to become this big thing. And even as I'm saying this, you can pick up on a theme, right? 
for me, there's this then this theme of needing this validation and needing to become something because uh, a lot of that is what we are conditioned to believe life is, is climbing the success ladder. And even though mine might not have looked like this corporate success ladder, it was still a lot of this idea and losing this idea of I need to have something to show for or I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my life. I'm not worthy of taking up space. And that's just absolute garbage and not true. But we, the feelings that come with all of that and thinking you have to be something and do something, those feelings don't just go away overnight. So even though we can intellectualize and I could say to myself, that's not true. That's garbage. Like we don't have to do anything. We just, you know, yes, we come into the world seeking belonging, right? We can't survive on our own. So we, we do need these, we do need connection, right? That's sort of a universal law in a way for humans. But this idea that we have to be successful in a certain way is totally bogus. But because I had trained myself to believe that for so long, I still had those stress hormones lingering. And so even though I was trying to let go of all of that, I was still waking up every day with this like anxiety. And throughout the day, that was sending these signals to me that I need to get you know, get on it. I need to light a fire under my ass and like push myself. And I was doing that for a little while with uh, trying to really advance this coaching practice that I'm doing. And uh, there was so much resistance that was coming up for me. I was trying to market myself and, you know, do I hire a marketing coach? Do I put all this money into X, Y, and Z? Do I create some sort of, you know, 12-step process for people to to follow me? Do I make Instagram reels? How Do I show up on Instagram all day long? Do I cold message people? What are other people doing, right? And ultimately what that was doing was it was creating so much stress and anxiety for me that I uh, had to really, this was, this was like another layer for me to go into of asking myself, like, who's this for? Why am I doing this? Right. What am I getting out of it? And going back to this theme of, I need to prove myself. I need to be something, do something like, you know, the world's expecting something of me and understanding that that is not what is going to create peace in my life. It just put creates so much more stress in my life. And who would I be, right? If I didn't have all of those drivers, who would I be if I didn't have fear driving me, if I didn't have uh, expectation driving me? And that's been what I've been playing with, especially more recently. And uh, there was a time where I totally got off social media and was like, well, let Jesus take the wheel. Let's see what happens. I'm not going to promote myself at all. And, you know, I did get new clients and I have been consistently having people reach out to me out of nowhere. And that to me is that that trust that I'm building with. I want to show up in a way that feels good and authentic. And I want to heal myself and the parts of myself that don't feel good. And in order to do that, I really need to listen to myself, like deep, deep listening and get out of my own way. And so part of that is even doing what I'm doing now with you guys, which is sharing super authentically, unscripted, 
not that I have scripted, but I have thought about it. Like maybe my podcast would be a lot better if I scripted this shit out. But uh, ultimately, I'm just wanting to express myself more and give other people the opportunity to do the same and co-create more of an atmosphere for all of us where we can feel a lot better about the things that we're going through in our inner world and what we're thinking about. And you know, sharing is one of the most powerful things that I've received over the years. And especially in the last couple of years, as I've been going through a really big spiritual transformation, just as many people as I can talk to and hear their hero's journey, right? How they got from where they were to where they are and all the in-between just is so incredible to me. That vulnerability, that to me is more exciting than making a lot of money. That to me fills something in my heart, you know, than having a bunch of Instagram followers, right? Some of these external things that we look for, for validation. It's like, I'm learning to not need any validation and to just be more into the journey and following whatever my curiosity is. And I definitely have talked about this before, but just know guys that like, I'm figuring this out as I go. I don't have anything figured out. I don't believe in a formula. I don't believe in a 12-step process. I think that uh, it's really easy to navigate in that way for people because it it feels like there's uh, safety in that. And like there's, you know, bumper rails in, in that way of going after an issue. But for me personally, it always turns me off. And I had to look at that. Like, why does that turn me off? And it's because none of us have it figured out, man. Like we're all just trying our best and what works for one person might not work for another person. And that's why it's like, let's have these conversations. And who do you gravitate towards? Like what practices feel the best for you? And they, and you're allowed to change your mind all the time with this stuff and getting out of that fixed mindset and more into that growth mindset is a very powerful place to be because then ultimately you are in true connection with yourself and what your truth is. And you don't have to look to anyone, any healer, any guru, any coach uh, to tell you exactly how they're going to fix things. You're doing the work yourself and you can allow guidance, of course, but I don't even know. Monic total tangent. Now I've been talking for like over 15 minutes and I'm really proud of myself because I'm by myself doing this. And uh, yeah, that's the update with what's going on right now. I'm in a really like awesome place. And also I'm orienting myself right now with this new person that I am, uh, that I'm hanging out with (laughs) this new version of myself, right? Like I know that I'm the seer behind the eyes. And I'm observing this new version of myself. And it's like pretty cool to just be in that, uh, that seat of the soul, as they say, and uh, just uh, letting things unfold. So today's episode, episode 51, is with Kelly Sherman Darby. And Kelly and I connected through this podcast And very excited to have her on. She's an intuitive spiritual life coach. And she is your whole life doula. 
So she does uh, the full spectrum of of being a doula from birth to postpartum and end of life. And she's actually going to be launching her own podcast, uh, Your Whole Life Podcast, before the end of 2021. And she's currently offering one-on-one and group coaching containers, as well as doula services. So check her out. I will link to all of her uh, stuff in the in the show notes, her Instagram and her website. And today we talk a lot about shadow work, the parts of ourselves that we might not want to face that want to come forth so that they can be transformed into the light. This conversation is raw and powerful and, uh, and silly because you got to bring some lightness to these shadow conversations. She's all about the shadow work. Uh, and uh, I can't wait for you to listen to our first episode of season two. Thanks, guys. And as always, you know where to find me. I've got a website, rootedpower.com. I'm doing coaching. Uh, I also am on Instagram at Juliet underscore root. And uh, leave a review. If you're on iTunes, we would love a rating and a review. It helps this show be seen more. And if you like something, share it with people, share it with your world, text people. Do you know how many texts I send people every week with podcast episodes? Because this is a ripple effect. You never know who you're going to impact by just sharing something that you resonated with. You might be able to share that resonance with so many other people. So just remind yourself of that, that those small acts actually are pretty magical and big. All right, guys, here we go. Kelly Sherman Darby is on the podcast. Welcome, everyone. We have Kelly Sherman Darby here. I am very excited to have another internet friend become a real friend. <laughs> it's just so wild these days. Like I get on with you and, and other people and I feel like this connection already as if we have hung out, we've gone and had dinners and we have not done any of that. But right? the social <laughs> media world really can transcend to that comfortability if you're really connecting with someone on a regular basis. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things too, that I've actually been like sitting with because I feel like, you know, obviously there are so many negatives to social media when it comes to like comparisonitis and just like, it can be used for so many like negative things, but I personally have been having such an amazing relationship with it recently because it's such a huge connector for me as far as all of these new friends that I've been meeting and like, you know, you and Alexis mm-hmm. and like just the wider community. And so for me, it's just been so um, inspiring to like go on and see everyone's journeys and like share my own and yeah. And just connecting. Cause I feel like we're all literally in this place where we need connection so badly right now. And with COVID, you know, we've all been so disconnected. And so, yeah, I'm, I've been loving meeting everybody and like starting these friendships. And it is really beautiful to be able to connect with people like that in that way. I mean, just to immediately feel like, oh yeah, I know you, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and we can just, it doesn't have to be awkward. We can just exactly. have a very open, meaningful conversation from the get go. And I mean, yeah. I find that with a lot of people who are doing inner work that they are 
more comfortable sharing and expressing from, you know, from the start of a conversation. But I want to take a moment just quickly for the listeners to acknowledge uh, the lack of Mackie's presence on this podcast. I am solo today and you might hear me do some solo podcasts for a little bit. He is just taking a really well-deserved break. He has some really exciting business ventures happening for himself right now that are taking up his time and I couldn't be more excited for him. And I am taking over for a little bit until he feels like he has enough space to come back. And that is self-care right there that he knows That's when right. to like set a boundary to be like, you know what? I need mm-hmm. to focus on this and and not do this for a little while. And so I just wanted to acknowledge him and we miss him Love and he will it. be back. <laughs> and so in my last episode, you're going to be, you're the first episode since we've taken a little break. We had our 50th episode and we took a little break. And I really wanted to start having more people come on to share their personal healing journeys. Because mm-hmm. I know for me, I have been so inspired by other people and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, quote unquote, ordinary people, which I think there are no special people. We're all the same you know we could you could i mean we could say we could say that there are no special people we're all ordinary or we could say there are no ordinary people that we're all special which is probably the better way of saying it right and you know i think that we do live in this culture of uh what you got comparisitis i love that yeah comparisonitis so like (laughs) fuck man i have that that is like a syndrome that i am really trying to eradicate from my system Mm. and it's it's really a challenge, but we are pushed into this culture of, of comparing ourselves and of looking mm-hmm. at, all right, who is the best, who has the most followers or who has the best selling book that I can learn mm-hmm. from, right? They've got to be the authority because they're, they're doing the best, right? Yeah. And what I really, what I realized is they're just ordinary people like everybody else too. And we're all in this journey. I really want to hear from people who don't have that title yet, you know, yeah. not to say that you won't have a New York times bestselling book, girl, I'm all for it. Right. But, but we're climbing. Yeah. But, yeah. We're, we're in like either the beginning, middle, but we're not quite like, you know, we're not Sahara Rose yet. Right. And, and, as far as, yeah. and is that really, is that the goal? Does that have to be the mm-hmm. goal, right. Mm-hmm. To get to that higher place, mm-hmm. you know, what happens if that, isn't the goal anymore. You really, you know, I, for me, I've definitely realigned a lot of my goals in that way. And I, it's a struggle on a day-to-day basis for me, because there's a part of me that is very ego driven Mm. from my upbringing or from our, from our culture that wants that, that wants that limelight on me, that wants that to be that shining star, you know? And then there's another part of me that thinks that that can be really toxic and really (laughs) bad for my mental health. And I reevaluate on a daily basis. I oscillate between these two goals, you know, mm. go big or go whatever. Or <laughs> yeah. do I need to just like go like live a quiet life and like delete all my social media accounts? <laughs> right. Go off red. Yeah. So I want to chat with you about your own journey and like, you know, where, where are you now? And if you want to like take me back a little bit to, sure. how, to how did you even get involved in spirituality and yeah. coaching and healing? Yeah, it's actually it's it's kind of perfect because it's really been mostly within the past um, like three ish years or so that it's really taken off. I was always sort of I'm like a, you know, Scorpio, Sun, Moon and Mercury. So I have a lot of like interest in the occult and metaphysical and all that kind of stuff. and always have um, even in my like teenhood. But 
for me, for many, many years, I really battled against anything spiritual because of a lot of trauma I had growing up around in a really um, toxic church. And so I kind of went opposite and was like, no, I'm going to be hardcore like atheist, like this is crap. Um, but that didn't align either. So for years, there was something missing. And it was really only um, through my dad's cancer diagnosis and through the process of like watching him die, basically. I mean, for the 11 months that he battled it until we, you know, we were in the room with him when he passed, that <clears throat> it became abundantly clear to me that it wasn't just the hole that he was leaving in, in my world. I didn't have any peace. I didn't have any solace. I didn't have a comfort that was bigger than me. Um, and I was seeing all these other people that were either had a, had a faith that they were close with or had some sense of spirituality that seemed to give them um, some sort of way to just sort of let go and not have to be in this intense space of like control all the time. Mm-hmm. And so after I lost him, that first year was really just sort of starting to recognize that, that I needed something bigger than me um, for the first time, because I'd always kind of grown up being this person that like I could handle everything on my own. I always had to be hyper independent. You know, my parents loved them to death, but they were both like high school dropouts and like hadn't been taught how to be responsible from an early age. And so figuring out finances and like applying to college and like I had to do all of that stuff myself, the stuff that traditionally parents are supposed to help you with. Right. And so even when it came to dealing with my grief, I thought, okay, no, I'm just going to like move through this. I can handle it on my own. I don't need to like rely on some God, goddess, universe, whatever it is. Um, But it felt so gross. Like it just didn't feel right when I would say that to myself. And especially because I knew in my heart and I, and I have always believed in spirit and reincarnation even if I tried to deny believing in it um I was talking to him all the time and so I was realizing as I was moving through that that I'm like okay well no like I'm I believe something like I know he went somewhere like this it doesn't feel right to say that this is it and so then I just started to dive right back into like my research mode to figure out sort of what felt right for me and so I started rereading a lot of the books I read as a teenager um, just to see what still resonated things like, you know, teen witch by silver Ravenwolf, like, you know, all of that, like early, like two thousands kind of witchcraft stuff, um, ultimately led me down a path and met with some local witches up here in Seattle and ended up, um, doing a year and a day training with a now friend of mine, um, who's been practicing, um, pagan witch for like 20 something years. And so was able to like, learn a lot of like foundational, amazing stuff from her And then kind of started to dive into like YouTube and starting to watch people that were kind of in the woo realm, right? People like me and magic. And, um, you know, I found Sky's channel and started like diving deep into all the different modalities that she was kind of showing and um, started. I always loved like astrology. And so I was doing a lot of astrology. I'd always been a, a tarot and oracle reader. And so I really dived into doing that more. Um, And then just sort of expanded as I learned all these other modalities um, and started to learn from all these incredible spiritual teachers. And so now I'm sort of in this place where it's a very eclectic mix of beliefs and primarily use just different modalities in my own healing. Um, And so, you know, for me, a lot of the things that have been most important have been 
what I initially even like really rebelled against are things like prayer and just like talking to my dad all the time. Like I'm not necessarily praying to a God, although I do work with deity, but I just talk to my dad all day. Like that's the most spiritual thing that I have going on is just connecting with him on a constant basis. Um, and then, you know, utilizing other things, especially in my form of work and stuff, the breath work that I've been doing a lot of different trainings with. I'm really excited to do this training coming up with, um, Ecar Wood in November and getting certified in some breath work and, um, a lot of different, um, rituals and things like EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping, um, so like all these different amazing things that I've sort of discovered slowly, even just within the past like six months, it's been this immense like growth. Um, but, you know, even with all of those tools, things like human design, astrology, at its core level, the biggest thing for me that has been the most healing in my journey and especially through my grief and like my shadow work and my inner child work and just all of the things that I've had to very um, like go inwards has been finding myself in community, um, which I never would have thought I was one of those people that subscribed to the whole like, you know, a, a man isn't going to complete you or a relationship's not going to completely you like you have to find yourself like you have to love yourself first. Um, and so for me, you know, I just, I've never been a very trusting person or a very community minded person. It's always been super independent. I got to take care of shit myself, like that mentality. Um, but through meeting all the, the people that I've met along this journey, all these amazing teachers that I'm learning from and friends, you know, people like you and Alexis and just like creating this community that I've never had before, um, and going to unleash and like meeting all of the folks there has been this incredible mirror for myself to like be held in a container where I'm not being judged or shamed. And I'm only having mirrored back to me. The love that I'm like sending out has been like, like mind blowing mm -hmm. in its intensity and like power as far as like allowing me to truly see the truth of myself and like come back to love those parts of myself that I denied for so long because I can see them now mm -hmm. wow. through these other people. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's a lot. Yeah. There's so, <laughs> there's so much juicy stuff in what you said. So I'm going to pull some things, yeah, some things pull, out from what you've been, out yeah, what you've been <laughs> sharing. So one of the things that I am curious about when you go down this path of diving into spirituality when you have an awakening perhaps to, oh, there is more than what the eye meets. There's some unseen world, you know, the invisible yeah. is powerful. And there's all these modalities, uh, you know, there's astrology and there's the human design and there's all the things and they're all really exciting when you find them. And I'll speak for myself personally. It's like, oh my gosh, then there's this. Oh, and then there's this modality. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to mm -hmm. learn this. I, I'll buy this Oracle deck. I'll buy this tarot deck. And yes. how did you <laughs> find yourself not getting overwhelmed by, or how mm -hmm. do you find yourself not getting overwhelmed? Or maybe you are overwhelmed by all of the things because, and, and for anyone out there who is listening, who is like, what route do I take for my healing? I want, mm -hmm. I, there are some things that I want to work on some stuff sucks and I want to work on it, but like, uh, there's a, a menu of 15 million options. How mm -hmm. do you deal with that? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. I think at first, um, 
yeah, I was really overwhelmed. So I just didn't do a ton from the get go. I, I kind of had an idea of things that interested me, but I was sort of in that space of like, oh gosh, sort of a little bit imposter syndrome, but also just like, where do I begin? And so I really just started to kind of start slow and start with the first things that piqued my interest. And so getting back into tarot and Oracle was sort of a place that felt comfortable for me because it's something that I had done before and always been really interested in. And so in getting more into that, then as you're working with different decks and you're starting to really get into the meaning of the different cards, um, astrology was sort of a natural thing to like combine because there are, you know, a lot of, um, the archetypes in astrology and all those kinds of things connect with certain cards. Um, so that sort of led me in kind of a, I guess I would say a very um, natural way into like then growing into bigger ones. But then once I started to like expand, yeah, it was like human design and like gene keys and breath work and like embodiment. And <clears throat> I mean, the plethora of like <laughs> amazing things out there. And so my biggest thing is even now when I have conversations with people, I'm always like, when you are doing this research and something piques your interest, start there and only there until either it doesn't resonate anymore. Once you get a little bit further in or you go all in and you're like, this is incredible. I have to learn everything. Um, and then once you sort of have a handle on that and maybe there, it takes you into a natural path of something else that like really sits with it well, combines with it. Things like, you know, doing breath work combines really easily when you start doing more things like movement and ecstatic dance and all of those kinds of modalities of healing. And so really just sort of starting where something draws you first and then like slowly expanding. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really hard not to buy all of the books. <laughs> I definitely have a stack, like a good, a, a, like at least nine to 10 high that I still haven't fully read through. Um, and you know, I have a whole shelf for my Oracle and tarot decks, but I work with them. So like, it's an excuse. Like I, I, you know, that's my main, I'm a divination witch. So that's where most of my work is. So I'm like, okay, I I'm allowed to have that many decks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love what you're sharing about what piques your interest and follow that mm. because there are so many different routes that you can take. And I went down a lot of them in the beginning of my own spiritual journey with mm -hmm. doing tarot and studying tarot and doing, and then that kind of fell by the wayside for me mm -hmm. and breath work, tried a bunch of that, that kind of fell by the wayside for me. And, you know, I found specific meditation that this isn't falling by the wayside. Like there's something mm -hmm. that something's here, you know, this is something yeah. for that is resonating with me and I'm, missing it. Like I'm looking yeah. forward to this thing and it wasn't what I originally thought it was going to be. So we might have an idea about ourselves. And this goes back to the comparison thing, because when you are going mm -hmm. down this research path and you stumble along a lot of people who are maybe they're 10 years, 15 years into their practice, they've been doing these things for a lot longer than I have. And you look at just how seamless they're doing, they're doing it and sharing mm -hmm. their gifts. It can be a little bit it's a very alluring, but it can also make you feel like judgment around your own yourself and your own totally. capacity and capabilities. So, but there are a million paths here that you can really go for. And I was just laughing about like to myself when you're saying like, what keeps, what's drawing you? What's like, what do you keep getting curious about? And for me, it's like trauma release work just over mm. and over again. And mm -hmm. I'm like, really? Sometimes I, I, I like <laughs> talk to source and I'm like, really source? Like, is this, this is, this is, yeah. this is it. I really just have yep. such a passion for helping people with trauma work. And, mm. you know, 
it is what it is. And it's, I'm, I'm grateful for it, but it's like, that is, to be honest with you, that's not what I thought that mm, this was going to mm-hmm. be. <laughs> so Totally. The same thing shadow know. work draws you. I've been, cause I've been diving so much into connecting my shadow and my like inner child work. Cause for me, they kind of are one in the same. And um, yeah, it's interesting when you're like, do I really have to be in this like dark place for so long? Like, why is this? But when you realize you have the capacity for it and that it's not leaving you feeling drained, it's actually like, filling you up mm-hmm. then you're like okay well no like this is the path that that you know source is leading me down for a reason I need to like trust this and and go for it and and even when you're speaking to like trying this and it falling by the wayside it, for me a huge a huge thing in just getting into spirituality is like the a really good inlet for most people is meditation right and we all have an idea of like what meditation is supposed to look like right like you're supposed to sit there in silence you visualize and you la da da and it's like that's not how it works for everyone. You know, most people think that that's like true meditation is, but my meditation is when I'm driving home from work in my car and I'm just talking out loud to my dad about absolutely nothing. And all of a sudden I'm home and I've been in this trance like state and not even realizing it when I'm in the shower and I'm just riffing and like talking to myself out loud for, you know, that 20 minutes time and just like connecting and like channeling whatever comes through um as a very clear cognizant person my meditation is i have to talk i have to be vocal whether Mm -hmm. that's chanting or going for a walk and just talking to myself for an hour and that's when i meditate i can't sit still and like even through guided meditations my i just i i I start talking to my own self (laughs) instead of listening to it so even for people coming in there is no right way to do these things there is we each have our own path and it's it's the same thing with anything with tarot. Like I'll have people ask me like, how are you supposed to like shuffle the deck and how are you supposed to? And I'm like, however feels good to you. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea is to find your unique connection to whichever modalities you're using. And yes, you can be trained in a certain way, but then the beauty of it is you take that foundation and you make it your own, um, which Very is why they're counterintuitive know, though to how yeah. we've been taught. Oh, hundred percent. Which is that there how we've been taught right there is here's mm-hmm. how you're supposed to do something. And I had a client earlier sharing with me, you know, I think oh, many of us still feel this way. Like I just want the answer. Can someone mm-hmm. just give me the answer? Mm-hmm. And like, well, there's an infinite amount of choices. And she's like, yeah, oh, I don't want there to be an infinite amount of choices. Right. I'm like, but there's also an infinite amount of possibilities. It's like, yeah. Oh, that feels better. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. reframing it in that way. Right. Exactly. And when you see that there, you're there's no, there's no wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything wrong, but that's part of our culture. A lot is being, is being told that you have to do it this way or it's not the right way. And exactly. which indicates wrong, which indicates I'm wrong, which mm-hmm. brings back to a lot of, you mentioned, you know, judgment and shame earlier, which yeah. I want to talk about. I, I want to talk about shadow work with you since it's something mm-hmm. that your scorpionic energy is, is interested <laughs> in. And I'm Scorpio yeah. rising and moon. So I got you girl mm-hmm. on the, mm-hmm. on this darker like energy right. going in, which is the trauma stuff that I'm really been supporting people with, which is yeah. going in and not being afraid to mm-hmm. look at all parts of ourself, which creates the whole. And you know, I was listening to Michael Singer earlier, uh, who wrote The Untethered Soul, just such a beautiful book for anyone who's looking for a, like a starter book to start to witness yourself, be the conscious witness of yourself and the different parts of yourself that are 
that are being shown, but we have different parts of ourselves that come out all the time. You could call mm. them like sub personalities, you know, in the, if we talk about that from more like uh, psychological uh, perspective, mm-hmm. but they're all parts of ourselves that want to be seen and want to be tended yeah. to, and they create the whole of you. Yes. And yeah. So if you could talk a little bit about shadow work, what does that mean for sure. you? Yeah, for me, and it's funny that you mentioned that because the, the two, that's one of the two that I always recommend anyone who's wanting to start going down um, the shadow work sort of path, that and then existential kink. I don't know if you've heard of. It's on my list, but I haven't yeah. bought it yet, but it's on my list of books that I really want. It's wanna. a fun one. When you think of shadow work, you know, you think it's going to be immediately heavy, but the way that she talks about it is like, how do we take these shadows and and use them as a power like instead of trying to be all love and light all the time which you know light workers are incredible but we can't have light workers without having shadow workers you can't have light without dark and you know that sort of dichotomy and so for me and my shadow work has really had i realized that like i wasn't going to be able to heal or get through my grief in a healthy way um or even just like tap into my own power and magic if I didn't go back and really look at all of the programming and the trauma and the things that went on that created these defense mechanisms and these um, like bullshit pattern stories going through my head. Like, where did all of that come from and how can I go back to heal it? Because even when it comes to just starting at the base level of trying to fall back in love with my body, as opposed to like having been treating her like shit for 33 years um, and hating on her and being ashamed and, and disgusted by my own body because of all the programming and society and having been put in Weight Watchers at 11 years old and like all of this crap. And I had to really go back and realize like, where did these, it wasn't always, I can't just blame everyone else for like making fun of me and being bullied and all of that kind of stuff. Like I have to realize that there was a certain point where I started believing all of that. Right. Um, and so for me, my shadow work has been really, um, diving deep into where are these patterns coming from? Where did they begin? Where am I holding that trauma in my body? Um, and really exploring it through a lot of, and what I do is I'm not a huge like handwritten journal worker. I do, I, I, everything for me is really spoken. And so I have a lot of recordings, like my phone is full of recordings of just like going in, um, realizing that something is like blocked for me and just like talking through it. And sometimes I'll just have these insane epiphanies like, oh shit. Yeah. That's when that started for me. Like it was that one moment when like this kid threw a slim fast at me on the bus. And ever since then, I have this like really weird um, obsession with like, I can't deal with certain labels and brands of things because they make me feel like ashamed or all these kinds of things that just start from these, you know, small things that you don't even remember for years and years until you start going into it. Um, I think a lot of people fear that. Yeah. Going in and opening up that Pandora's box mm, of what am I going to mm. find in there? You know, I, I yeah. clearly there's gotta be something if someone is suffering in some way and yeah. they are battling with themselves internally, mm-hmm. then there's gotta be somewhere that this may have started some root, right. And yeah. going to yeah, exactly. those roots can be really scary for people. And so really when scary. you were going in, in, in that way, 
and you had a memory like that all of a sudden, but how did you, how did that just come through for you? How did you access that? Um, for me, for me, it's really always, um, begins with like a physical visceral reaction, whether that be, um, suddenly I'm crying when I haven't cried for weeks or, um, feeling like really hot and like sweaty. Like it's always something that comes up physically, like my stomach, I'll be sick to my stomach all of a sudden as I'm starting to have these memories come back. And it's when I'm really recognizing where I'm holding that trauma in my body in those moments. And so for me, it's been, um, really focusing on, am I holding my breath as I'm thinking about this? Am I tense in my shoulders? Like, where is this happening for me? And immediately paying attention to that part of my body and focusing on, okay, let's go back to the breath and like really breathe through that as I'm like thinking about the memory and really processing what happened, the truth of what happened versus the story I created around it. And has that been something that I've carried and really starting to think through that? And as I'm doing that, also still, whether it be moving my body, getting up and like talking through and like literally just like shaking my arms out as I'm like going through this like panic moment um, and just making sure it's getting really embodied and sh- and like just healing, healing that first has been what's helped me move through things. Because suddenly when that tension is gone, then I can think clear about what happened. Sometimes I'm able to... <laughs> Like even with the tapping, tapping can be really powerful when you're doing shadow work because you're acknowledging all of those, um, all of those negative thought patterns and feelings. And, and, you know, at at simplest form tapping is, is just, you know, saying like, even though I feel like a piece of shit today, that's okay. I accept and love myself. Like, and it's, it's like this beautiful mixture of acknowledging the shadows while also like affirming that that's okay. It's okay to have those shadows not shaming yourself for having shadows and for having these things come up and realizing that they're all a part of you. They're part of who you are now. They don't make you, um, they don't make you bad just because you've had these bad experiences. And I mean, especially when we're talking about trauma, um, that can be a really, really scary thing for people to acknowledge that these things happen. Some people aren't even aware that what happened to them was trauma because, you know, it's a, it's a heavy weighted word. You know, it's, it's just like with people who are starting to realize they have PTSD as they're doing their therapy or shadow work or however they're, they're going about it. You know, for me, it took me a long time to be able to be okay with saying I have PTSD because I had all these thoughts and beliefs around, Oh, it's only like, you know, soldiers who've been through some massive shit or people who have been like really, really horribly abused or been through sexual trauma or, all of these things, they get to claim trauma. I don't get to claim trauma. But through all of my work, through all of this, realizing I had this panic disorder for all of these years and didn't know where these you know, panic attacks were coming from, going back and now having done this work to really see where it's coming from, being like, oh no, like that was trauma. <laughs> like, that's stuck in my body. Like I can feel it in my stomach when I'm remembering these things. That's trauma. Yeah, absolutely. And just acknowledging that can be freeing in so many ways. Absolutely. What you're sharing is so powerful. And I just want to commend you for doing this work for yourself Mm, because it's work. It is work. It is. And 
you know, would you rather go to Target and roam the aisles and buy like a shitty T-shirt on your Saturday? Or do you want to be in your room doing shadow work? And (laughs) I think, you know, even even for myself, I there I avoid it. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm really in it. And then there are times where I'm like, I, I want to avoid this because I would rather go to Target and just roam the yeah. aisles right now. And, totally and that's okay too. too. Yeah, it's, yes. it's so valid. But for, for those out there who this is piquing their interest, it's a little mm. scary, it's scary to, it go, to be like, I'm going to do shadow work, right? Mm. I, I, I highly recommend to work with someone, a mentor of some kind, a therapist, yes. a healer in the beginning and you know yes. and then you can yeah. always do stuff on your own but just to have someone hold space for you to, to walk you through this stuff in the beginning but uh yeah how did you actually get started with doing yeah. it like when did when did you so, have your first session <laughs> uh, yeah so my i'd kind of done the therapy the traditional therapy on and off over the years just dealing with before I realized that so much of this was spiritually based for me when it was just like oh yeah I'm this kid with like depression and anxiety and like dealing with that um so through therapy I kind of had the language around knowing like there was deeper things and like there was places where all of these thought patterns started um but it wasn't until I started working with um I was doing a lot of um coursework with um my mentor Emily through the year and a day training um kind of looking into energy work because you know so much of, of ritual and when when you're doing spells and things like that is it's the energy that you're putting into what you're doing and if you're this in this place of like ugh and negativity and you're trying to do this spell for like manifestation and positivity that's gonna like it's not gonna work it's a mismatch basically <laughs> right exactly like you're gonna bring some shit that you didn't plan out into the world um and so i really had to start looking into it then and realize like oh, okay this is something i should probably explore and first it really just started with like journal prompts. Um, but then as I started learning, um, I did witch school with Mia Magic. She has a lot of really great stuff as far as starting with um, looking into like where certain beliefs are feeling in your body. And then that sort of led me down, trickling down the path of working with Yadi through the Unleash, uh, Unleash Me program, which is her like 12 week um, course, uh, doing a lot of inner work and a lot of the facilitators that she uses like... Um, indigo and women be wild indigo does a lot of somatic embodiment work as far as like just getting into where all of this stuff is living in your body and then um i started working with specific um coaches in doing kind of one-off sessions that were either specifically working on shadow work as they're being a shadow coach basically um and or others that had like specific um they were experts in the specific traumas that I was working through, whether that be like grief and loss, shadow work, or, um, you know, body positivity and dealing with like all of that internal fat phobia kind of stuff. Um, and so started taking like little courses here and there. Um, so luckily I've sort of been able to have this hodgepodge for myself. Um, and I think what's been really powerful for me in, in doing it that way for me is that I'm that type of person uh, and I think it's just my archetype where I like to take a little bit from a lot of places and make it my own. Um, and so now I've sort of created this in my own coaching um, when I'm working with clients or working with people. Um, I come from a very intuitive place, but I often start a lot of work 
and that's sort of how how this work starts is just breaking that down and like figuring out okay what's blocking you and keeping you from your your purpose like what's keeping you from living this life that you want to live and so a lot of that starts with some shadow work is like going in and like you know taking them through um the meditations and like really getting in their body and starting to realize where some of these patterns and thoughts are coming up and um so now being able to to do that work from the other side um is really helpful because you know i mean you know that sometimes we can be working with a client and be like channeling some amazing advice for them and suddenly be like oh shit i should probably take that too like <laughs> okay just had a realization for my own healing beautiful yeah. um and so working with other people with their shadows or just like having discussions like this about it and being like oh yeah this came up for me when i was journaling or you know i felt really like tight in my stomach and then i started to like realize that I was reacting to this person that was in the room with me and I had to really explore what that trigger was. And, you know, it's just having, having these discussions can even be so enlightening. So it can be, it's, it feels super scary because any sort of anything that is fear-based is really hard to push through. Um, but I think that the most beautiful quote that I have that is, um, actually from, from Kochiati is that, um, Fear is the mask that freedom wears. And so it's in only in conquering those fears, getting through them, really, really examining why we're so scared of it, uh, why we're wanting to avoid it. Um, suddenly, when you can confront that and and that truth hits you, it's just this level of like <sighs> that like comes over you when you are like finally living in the authenticity of what that truth is and that and that trauma and like acknowledging it alone is just like it lifts like pounds off of you um it's a so beautiful yeah, it's, quote yeah she, i think that's one of the ones that like i keep writing to myself as i'm doing this work too is i'm just i keep reminding myself like fear is a mask it's the mask that freedom wears like only after we unmask the fear and know the why that we're why we're afraid can we truly be free so it's what does freedom mean to you personally? Yeah, I think it's it's so amazing that you brought that up because it's been such a, a huge theme, even with this past unleash that I just got back from is just this idea of like, we all talk about wanting financial freedom, spiritual freedom, relationship and love freedom, you know, being being free is such a huge thing, especially in this country, right? Like, it's all about freedom. And, and I don't think anyone really examines how it can be so different from person to person, what that means. And so for me, my idea of freedom is just being 100% in my own authentic truth, not giving a shit when anybody thinks about me, what I look like, what I sound like, you know, because so much of my life had, had been formed based on that. I've been such a people pleaser and um, really always constantly like, oh God, I'm like, they're going to think I look really gross in this outfit or, or I talk too much or I'm too much or I'm not enough or all of the, the things that are so not true to who I am. And so to be really free for me is to just be who I am and not feel shame, not feel judgment, just feel and be in my most like loving, nurturing energy and then helping other people to feel the same. Because I never feel more alive and more me and more authentically me 
than when I'm doing this kind of work with other people and seeing that light go off for them and having that connection and just holding space and like hugging and like crying together and like healing. And it's just, yeah, being, being free to just connect with people on this real level, as opposed to, you know, we live in this very like, you know, superficial world where it's, how are you? I'm fine. Are you really fine? Like I, I'm one of those people who I'm like, don't just give me your, I'm okay. It's cool. Like move on. No, I'm like, dude, are you fine? Or like, I mean, be honest with me, you know, I'm, I'm a connector. And so freedom for me is the freedom to truly just be with each other and be me without worry. Yeah. How's it, how's it going for you in obtaining that sense of freedom and where, where do you still find things are sticky? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love examining that because for me, I felt the most free when I'm in community with other people who are also actively working on healing themselves and finding their freedom. Well, I think there's an exhale there as you described it like this when you're in community with other people who are in this container of no judgment. Yeah. And we're all holding each other up. Yes. And we all want the same things. Then yeah, in a container like that, you can feel that exactly. you can feel it the most. But then yep. we don't all live in those communities 24 7. Coming, coming <laughs> back is always so jarring and having to try to hold on to that energy when you're in the car and road rage comes up, or, you know, when you're walking down the street and, and you know, people aren't smiling at you. I mean, granted, it's hard now when we're all having to wear masks, but, you know, it's just, yeah, when when you're used to feeling that connection and then having to come be in spaces where not everyone's coming at it from that place, um, I find that the easiest way for me to hold on to that um, is to first make sure I'm honoring my my sacred rest and like knowing that sometimes I just need to like cocoon, binge watch, you know, Netflix and breathe it, breathe it out because it's a lot of energy to like try to hold on to and try to admit for everyone else. But um, I've found that the easiest way for me to do that work and to hold on to that sense of freedom uh, has been when I'm not focusing on myself. And so when I'm, when I'm putting um, my energy out onto whether it's um, sending love to my mom who I'm sitting in space with and I can tell she's having a hard day and my words aren't necessarily going to help but sometimes just like sitting next to her and like both going down a TikTok rabbit hole that's love that's holding space you know um when I'm at the grocery store and I can tell there's a, a mom who's got her three kids screaming and she's just like out of her mind stressed and just sort of like standing near her and and like smiling at her and smiling at her kids or sometimes even just acknowledging her um and being like I get it girl this is rough and you're doing amazing like sometimes just sharing these small little moments with people throughout the day it might no I don't even like the word selfish for me I feel really good doing that knowing that when I receive that same amount from someone else when someone I'm having a shitty day and one person smiles at me and suddenly I feel amazing knowing in my heart that I'm doing that for someone brings me so much peace mm-hmm. and brings me right back to that space of holding loving space 
an energy for people. Well, and, if we yeah. truly are a mirror for one another and whatever, mm-hmm. what's being, ref- mm-hmm. you know, ref- what you want reflected back to you, you're going to have to put yeah. that out. And so yeah. I love what you're sharing around this and I'm like inspired myself because it's easy to forget. And there are days where I'm mm-hmm. in that place and I'm like, are you, you're going to tell that woman, like, I love your hair. Oh my gosh, you just, yeah. you know, you've such amazing energy or whatever it is. And not being afraid to share that with people because yeah. man, it feels so good to be on that receiving end of something really like that. Does. And it can be that moment of that. Oh, that was a sign from the universe today that I really needed that, that mm-hmm. random stranger just told me that I'm beautiful. Yes. And I was having a really shitty low self-esteem day. And that was a mm-hmm. sign for the universe to be like, you're okay. Yeah. Like a little like wink, you know, exactly. just a little nod. And so thank you for bringing that up because I do think that oftentimes we get, we get stuck in our own ways and we are, you know, in our monkey brain, just thinking about ourselves, thinking about our own mm-hmm. lives, thinking about mm-hmm. how to make it right, how to fix things. And it's like, yep. put your attention on another human and be of service in some way can transform that energy pretty instantaneously. So I love that you're, that you're bringing that up. Like literally instantaneously. I think, you know, it's easy to think that it's so much work to constantly be like, how can I be a service and and giving to other people? And and it doesn't have to be these huge grand gestures. Um, It's it's literally when you're just walking down the street and you see someone when, I mean, I I think that it's been so fun since I've dyed my hair. And now I get people that are like, oh my God, your hair is amazing. And like, suddenly I'm bubbling up inside and I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Right. Isn't it amazing? And then I'm just giddy and my, my voice goes up and off. Like, like, it's just, you don't know how the smallest things can really, really make someone's day completely, um, you know, turn around. And And it's okay to want acknowledgement from other people and to be validated from other people. I think that's something that can be spiritually bypassed is that Mm, you have to mm, be mm. able to do it for yourself, right? You got to love yourself before, you know, you can can receive the love from anybody else. And it's like, I, I truly do. I do believe that you need to hold yourself in high regard and have love for yourself and be, mm-hmm. you know, have mm-hmm. that relationship with yourself. But at the same time, I also think that we're meant to be in community with each other. We're meant to have other people reflect back to us. And so yeah. wanting that desiring someone or being happy when someone notices your hair is mm-hmm. totally valid and, and, and okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people really are like, see ourselves either. Oh like my sometimes gosh. we don't see ourselves clearly. Right. So I know I don't see myself a lot of the time still. And it's like, exactly. It's, and it breaks my heart, you know, for myself, we're all a work, work in progress, you mm-hmm. know, and that's with this healing journey, you know, there's, there's, it's yeah. multi-layered. Oh yeah. And, it's, and it's lifelong. You know, so many people get in their heads that they think like, oh, it's a problem that I can fix and then move on. And it's like, no, we're like constantly growing and learning and evolving and changing and and healing goes on forever because the second that you've moved through one thing, suddenly you discover a new thing or maybe a new, you know, pattern starts or something happens or a new relationship affects you this way or that way. Like it's it's a constant mm-hmm. thing. And so really most of the healing comes with like acknowledging that being okay with that and knowing that like you're going to be doing work for your whole life and finding a way for it to not always be work because I think that word alone is like you know we're doing the work but if you can reframe what work means to you as far as like oh god I'm gonna do this today oh like I don't want to go to work I don't want to do the work but it's like if you reframe it you're like no like I'm I'm getting to know myself I'm doing I'm 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 doing this inner 
I don't know, like breaking open of what, what it means to be me and yeah. And just making your curiosity go inward sometimes mm-hmm. can be so powerful. Yeah. If life is a sensory experience mm. and you're feeling very numb or yeah. stuck or held back, then you're not really having that beautiful yeah. sensory experience. So I know for exactly. me, it's a lot about how can I have more experiences in my life and when I'm holding myself back that mm. I'm not I'm not able to have that that I'm too in mm-hmm. my head. I'm not in experience. I'm just in the mind yeah. and in suffering. And when we're present, you know, which is a still a concept that I am constantly analyzing because like, mm. are we ever, it's like, okay, I was, <laughs> nope, no, I'm not, yeah. no, I was, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's exactly. always like moving, but being in like a, you could call it a flow state, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, full, fully expressed state, that experience of life where you're just in uh, having these blissful moments mm-hmm. are far and few between if you are, on autopilot all the time, which is what I'm really passionate about supporting people with. And I think you are, it's the same thing. It's looking at your programming and where your, you know, where your stop gaps are because of what you were taught and what was in for what you enforced and reinforced over and over again in, Mm -hmm. in your life through your behavior. But you, it's never too late to work on those things. Exactly. You know, and I think one of the best ways to be like, well, what do I need to work on is just ask yourself what sucks. Yes. What sucks? Totally. Like what is <laughs> like in this moment? I mean, I love just simplifying things for folks because I feel like that's another huge thing about getting into spirituality is things can feel so big, right? It's the universe and it's the collective and it's like all of these things. And sometimes it has to come back to like, what was like, tell me one thing today that pissed you off and like pissed you off in a way that you realized like, oh, I reacted ridiculously to that and hmm, and then okay let's travel down that let's figure it out why do you think you blew up at that you know woman who didn't pick up her dog's poop in that way like was it that big of a deal was that poop on the ground gonna kill you yeah why did like why did that affect you in that way let's go down let's explore because i mean that's the easiest way to go in is just like start where you're feeling icky what what's feeling icky for you let's explore it and figure out why Yeah. And you You mentioned about trauma being stored and held in the body. Mm -hmm. And I want to I want to talk about that with you a little bit, because this is like some of the big work that I've been doing for myself and with clients is is mind body dialogue and going into the places in your body where things are stored. For many of us, though, we are very disconnected from our body. And mm-hmm. we're like, I don't fucking know what exactly. anything is stored. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean yeah. I'm holding something in my body? Can exactly. you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, that's something that that's that was a, a real um, block for me for a long time was because I had spent so many years not acknowledging my body because I was taught to hate my body and that my body was the source of all of my pain and woes. And like, I was never going to find love and I was never going to be successful and all of these things because I'm a big woman, um, which is what's, you know, programmed into us from the start. And so then I started to believe these things. And so I wasn't connected to my body at all. I had all these health issues that would come up around my stress and my anxiety and 
dealt with IBS for the longest time and had like GERD and all these things. And it was always about like treating the symptoms, right? It was never going to the core of like, well, why is this a thing in the first place? Sorry, if you hear me yelling, my cat just is deciding to be so loud right now. I'm here for it. The cat is like, let's talk about holding emotions in the body, mom. She literally is that. She's that queen. They're very intuitive. Anytime I have a healing session happening, whether it's for myself or a client, the two cats are uh, in my office. They're usually right next to me. Mm -hmm. And they love when we go into like deep guided meditations. It's the funniest thing. They're just like, she's always right here here whenever I'm doing anything, which (laughs) I love because she's just like, "Mm -hmm, yep, you're, you're, you're riling up the spirits. I can see them. Um, But yeah, where was I? Uh, Yeah. So in the body for me, it was, that's where so much of my healing had to start because I had to just start having a relationship with my body again and really, really getting into it. And so it really can start with, with movement, right? Cause we're constantly like, okay, find the exercise that resonates with you. Find something that is fun and enjoyable because, you know, I was one of those people that like fitness was something that was drilled into me. Like I had to do in order to lose weight and did it. And so it was a negative thing for me for so many years and so in taking back my power of being like, I like to move, I just need to find the ways that are fun for me. And so in dancing and doing kickboxing, going for long walks, very like, you know, Regency era walks where you're just like, not in a power walk mode, you're just like strolling for a while to like think through shit um, in doing that and starting to like feel more fluid, getting some of like awareness of my body back starting to really pay attention to the patterns, like knowing I'm going through a really stressful moment right now and what's going on in my body around that. Like, is my period heavier right now when I'm in this place of stress? Is my, you know, why this is crazy. I'm having this headache again. And oh, I've noticed like I'm dealing with this same stressor and now I'm having this same headache, like just making those connections. Um, And then doing a lot of, of somatic work as far as breath work and doing the simplest um, guided meditations of paying attention to the areas in your body that you're feeling tension, tensing your body, letting it go, tensing and, and breathing into it and letting it go. Like the, the, the simplest things that you can find on YouTube, Spotify, whatever to like take you through to just to start feeling your body again. Um, and And that's a really quick way for people to also realize where they're holding trauma because there's certain areas in your body that like you don't want to go there. That's a great thing to start exploring. Like if I remember when I I was first starting to like, you know, doing affirmations and like rubbing my legs and rubbing my belly and like rubbing my chest and like trying to say I love you to that part of my body and how I literally couldn't get the words out of my throat without immediately being like, it's not true. It's not true. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. You know, you start to realize like for the longest time I couldn't hold my belly and be like, I fucking love you, man. Like you're holding all these amazing organs in my body. Like you're moving me. Like I couldn't do that for the longest time. It's as easy as that. Sometimes it's just holding yourself and realizing where you're touching yourself on your body, whether it's rubbing your arms, your face, your head, where are, when you get to a certain area, really paying attention to like, if that area tenses up, if that area feels weird or you don't even touch that area, mm-hmm. like yeah. just paying attention to all those things. And it's so different for each one of us and what it represents yeah. and what it, what, what it, what the meaning is, you know, mm-hmm. for me, it's always my hips. Mm. And when I was 12, 
I, I remember this experience. I had got stretch marks on my hips mm, and mm-hmm. it was this defining moment of just pure like self-hatred and disgust. And there were times in my life where I just didn't want to look at myself. Mm -hmm. I would actually physically like hit myself because I was, you know, just make it go away, take this body and make it go away. Like, you know, actually beating my body, you know, and I, I share this very vulnerably on the show. I've never shared this, but this is what happens. You get two healers together. They start talking like (laughs) (laughs) we we go deep, but even throughout all of the healing that I've done, there will be triggering moments where, where a rush and a wave of that energy will still come back into my life in, you know, this many years later, but I recognize where it comes from. And I'm able to like transmute that energy in a way where I'm not harming myself, where Mm -hmm. I am having compassion for myself, where I'm holding myself. And it's sometimes easier to go the route of self-loathing, I find, than the route of loving. And Mm -hmm. I, I question that a lot in, is that still programming from our culture that that's, you know, we are not on a daily basis receiving messages of love yourself for who you are exactly. and express yourself and be authentic to yourself. This is yep. something radical. I tell people when they come to me, I'm like, really? you are a radical explorer right now doing this for so, yourself. So true. Yes. And you're taking a path that is not being shown to you. You're choosing this path mm-hmm. that is it's a radical path to take. So I just like acknowledged for myself as I'm sharing and for other people that there is a lot of waves that you ride with this when it comes to loving your body and, and seeing and feeling where things are being held Yes, and then giving yourself the space to feel those feelings, I think is the next layer that can be even, okay, I can intellectualize this right? Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. analyze Mm -hmm. it. Got it. Feel it in my body. Ooh, memory. A memory is coming up. Okay. What do we do with that memory? Right? Yeah. Because you have a choice there too. You can be like, all right, got it. Cool. Thank you for giving me that data. But what do we do with the data? What do we, what's the next step, right? It's feeling it. Yes, exactly. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Cause we, we push those feelings away. We don't like it when it, when it feels icky or it feels painful or I mean, shit, I still have so many times where I'm laying in bed at night trying to go to sleep and I'll have some random embarrassing thing that happened in high school pop up. And I'm like, what the fuck am I, what is this coming up for? Like, why, why is this still making me feel shame and embarrassment? Clearly I haven't let myself feel that shame and embarrassment and acknowledge that like, yeah, you did some dumb shit. You know, and once I start reframing it and, and like really thinking through it and be like, OK, is this true now? Like it might have been real true and real visceral then. What did I learn from that? If I hadn't have gone through that experience, would I have learned that lesson? You know, really sort of to just and especially for people who come at things much more intellectually, really thinking it through that way. Like sometimes just reframing it of, OK, if that wasn't me. If that was my best friend who had that experience, what would I be telling her about it? What advice would I be giving her? What questions would I be asking her about it to help her process? So sometimes just even being able to reframe it of like, 
and, and this is something that I do a lot with my inner child shadow work is like, would I ever say that shit to the kids that I nanny or the, the babies that I do love? Would I sit there and be like, you're worthless. You're fat. So you're worthless. Would you ever say that shit? Never. Right. So it's really having to turn around and treat yourself how you're treating the people, your clients, your friends, your family, the people that you love. How do you want them to heal from that stuff? It's the same way that you have to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, an I, and I, I share this because of the fears that come up around going into those feelings for people yeah. that healing yep. can be gentle. It yeah. doesn't have to be scary and intense. Exactly. It can be slow. It can be, it could be at your own pace. It can be gentle. Yep. And that's where finding someone who can hold that space for you and just yes. little, little bits at a time when you're ready, like y- this is your life. Yeah. No one is going to make you go anywhere you don't want to exactly. go. But, you know, if you feel ready and up for it, which, you know, this is why this is really is a journey that, you know, I started therapy when I was 12, Yeah, you know, Same. wasn't totally consistent every single year, but like on and off working with healers and therapists and yeah. from that time. So over the years, and I, there were times where I was on medication to support my journey Then Same. I was yeah. not on the medication. And then there are times where I was doing all. So this is not a linear journey exactly. when it comes to healing, but it is, I, I, it's a hobby for me and fun. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, you know, as healers, I mean, I think as people who just naturally come to this, this type of um, work as, you know, being curious about it and like, I don't know, I just, I get so excited when I'm doing this work. And I think it's because I've seen how people take off yeah. when they've really I mean, done it. I mean, when you're looking like we were talking about in the beginning, these people, this idea of like, what is success look like, right? Like, what is it? What is it when you reach that level? And when you really look to these people and you talk to them about like, how did, how did you get where you are? How did, you know, how did you reach your level of enlightenment or, you know, all these things. And, And they always have this incredible story to tell of when they felt that shit and they started to heal and go through these and, and look at these programs and like, having to like deal with their own shadows and, and really, I mean, every single person that, that you look at who and you admire, there's a story there, you know, there's a journey that they went through and that's the juice of it. I think that's why, you know, for myself and sharing my journey, my whole intention has always been, I know that I have learned so much and healed so much from other people's journeys and watching them get to where they are now or watching them along it listening to how it started for them. And so the idea that like, as a healer, as a coach, I'm sharing the fact that like, I'm not healed. I'm not fixed. I'm not done. I'm, a, I'm work. You're aware. Working You're aware. Yeah, I'm aware. And so it's like, that's why I, I do what I do is because I love healing this shit in me and seeing how much, how I soar when I, when I've dealt with things. Um, and so I just, the idea that like all of these people that are just being held down have have that potential to do that work and then soar like it's rising tides or raise all ships right like it's if we are all putting in this love and this work to, to support each other and really just like get back to ourselves the truth of who we are it the possibilities are endless and like when I start to really like dive down thinking I'm like it blows my mind to think like the capabilities that we could 
potentially have if we all were doing this work, right? Like it's, it's amazing to think about. Absolutely. I think we will end on that because when something is that good, I'm like, I'm not going to talk anymore. I don't have any more. Drop the mic. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on and tell the listeners, where can people find you? Uh, Not today because Instagram is down. Not that we're releasing this today, but we were talking before we got on the air with you guys. We were like, how's it with, how is it with no social media today, which, and no choice. I'm feeling it. I mean, they're big three, basically WhatsApp and Instagram all down. I'm like, shit. I, there are times where I delete all the apps on my phone. So today it did it for me. Thank you. Right? Like maybe we all just needed that collective break, you know? Yeah. So where can the people was like you're taking a break? Where can people find you when it is working? And yeah, yes. what are you offering right now to work with people? Yeah. So easiest way to get a hold of me right now is my Instagram, which is um at Kelly Marie S D, and that's K-E-L-I-M-A-R-I-E-S-D. Uh your whole life doula, which is my kind of overall brand. Um, and so Basically, what I'm offering is I am a intuitive spiritual life coach and a full spectrum and end of life doula. And so I'm doing my doula work services as far as like birth and postpartum and the whole kind of um, spectrum of, of birth and reproductive related um, doula work, as well as end of life um, holding space for in, in hospice settings and all of that kind of stuff work. But the main stuff that I'm really kind of focusing on launching right now is around my intuitive spiritual coaching. And so um, I have this amazing kind of formula program that I have to take people through. Um, But I also come from a very intuitive space. So it's sort of, I meet you where you're at, we figure out what it is that you're wanting to work on and work through. And if that aligns with my pillars that I work from, then that's what we're going to do. And if you need a little bit more specialization, if you're wanting to focus more on your relationships or if you're wanting to focus more on dealing with this one trauma that you know is coming up that you want to work through, um, I completely tailor it to you. And so I'm doing one on one coaching. I'm also really interested to um, do some group coaching containers as I move forward as well. So it's all kind of coming together. um, But I am open and and taking clients um, and and yeah, and then also forming my own podcast, hoping to launch um, middle to end of November, getting that all sort of finalized um, and moving forward. So be on the lookout for your whole life podcast. Um, and and yeah, that's pretty much pretty much where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. And just from the short time that I've seen you, known you, what you're sharing, everything that you're offering right now is a direct correlation to the work that you've done on yourself in the healing work that you've done so that you can have more freedom and capacity and availability to you to be able to put yourself out there in this way. So this is what happens, everybody, (laughs) when you do take on some of this inner shadow work and healing work on, you know, I know we shared a lot about how intense it can be, but also what's on the other side of that intensity. And again, it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I, for myself personally, there are moments where I do it very gently for myself. And then then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I need some intense shit. (laughs) I need something that's going to like fire it up. Let's go hard. (laughs) But that's all up to you and how you want to do your healing work and who you align with and who you want to take you through something like this. There's so many incredible people out there mm-hmm. I, I've had on this podcast, like Kelly. It's 
So who do you feel safe with, aligned with, that you want to hang out with once a week or once every other week to talk about this stuff in a safe space and have somebody guide you through? So I'm very excited for you to be working with people in this way. And very happy that I got to have you on the show. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) 